0: Now, again, I'm telling you this as it's coming out, so, uh, you know. But if it's true, it's obviously extremely serious. And if there is any evidence that anyone affiliated with the Trump campaign communicated with the Russian government in the course of this campaign, what will you
1: do? Thank you, Senator Franken. It is my how you say? Pleasure to be here today. Now, these allegations, as you say, yes, quite disturbing. I know nothing about them and am unable to comment on it. I would love to state, however, for record, I have never had Any contact whatsoever with any representative of Mother Russia. Excuse me, the Russian government. None. Yet. Furthermore, I did not have sexual relationship with that woman Lewinsky. And neither am I, as you say, in your filthy American vernacular, a crook.
0: Welcome to Left World. Podcast of politics and culture with Angelica Clark and
1: Matthew Sokolik. Hi, Matt. Hi, Ange. Um, you're not a crook either. Oh,
0: do I, am I? Was I supposed to say that?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I'm just.
0: Uh, <laughs> I figured. It I'm trying
1: to, you know, be. I'm trying to make some uh, humor happen, uh, oh, and it's it's okay. You know, okay. I, I okay. thought uh, it's fine. You know, uh, let's talk about. Uh, the goings on in the world life comes at you fast is this episode five episode yeah. five yep episode five life comes at you fast Epis- new apps coming at you fast
0: <laughs> yeah i uh yeah i guess i i totally missed the concept there <laughs> but it's okay it's fine um i just you know i'm new to i'm new to this
1: you know <laughs> it's fine i wasn't going anywhere with it uh it, it's uh if you like bad cold opens boy have we got the boy
0: show no that i think that was good if it was, if it gets to live by itself i think it's good um but yeah so there are other shows good, with yeah. worse
1: cold opens absolutely uh, this show is is good with a capital g as they <laughs> could say online um, right and i i do love to have fun on the internet
0: i i mean who doesn't <laughs> who doesn't that's what i live for actually
1: Obviously, the the cold open is a reference to uh, the goings on with Jeff Sessions, the cold open, if we could call it that. Uh, we, and we're going to talk about Jeff Sessions more because there's a, a he's going to make a, a statement while we're recording. It's uh, Thursday at about 3.30 right now. So in about 20, 25 minutes, he's going to come out with some sort of statement and we're going to talk about it. It's going to be great.
0: Yeah, and it, it's going to be exciting because I think this will be our first um, live reporting, <laughs> reporting if you could call it that. Um, that's a generous term, um, for <laughs> about a current event um, that we are super interested in because obviously um, we've all been following Jeff Sessions' latest antics where it's, it's been revealed um, that even though we've tried to avoid talking about it, they're back again. The Russians trying to take over our government, um, piece by piece. You know, they're, they're really playing a long game, um, and uh, <laughs> and we all should be we should all be deeply frightened um, by what they can do. Apparently,
1: Vladimir, you know we we have no reason to be afraid of Russians.
0: Uh, but yeah, the, so so yeah, we have really tried to not feed the beast in terms of. Um, talking about the 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 cold war that everyone really really wants to get started again um and yet it can't be stopped cuz these did damn we, senators did you talk about this
1: last week um about how like i love the two the two types of pieces which are either like uh russia is bad says the liberal or secret russian says russia is good <laughs>
0: maybe maybe or maybe we talked about it off offline yeah. i'm not sure um uh, but, yeah because <laughs> they, they know, only it's...
1: fall into the two categories you know run, you know actually the crimeans are happy they got annexed
0: right <laughs> uh, yeah no we did we definitely talked take. about it i'm not sure i'm not sure how but um yeah because that's the that kind of is the tricky like problem is that no one wants to have like a nuanced look at russia like they're either our enemies or our best friends um, and uh, that's that's really kind of ridiculous on both counts, um, but I guess we'll find out just how ridiculous at four o'clock p.m. <laughs> Eastern time. You know,
1: foreign policy. Who knew it would be so complicated? No one ever thought.
0: Wow. Wow. I mean, I'm personally excited because this is a type of intrigue that wouldn't come out for like 20 years if it were the past. But thank God for the internet, and thank for God for fucking posting, because without it, we wouldn't be here right now you know we wouldn't We wouldn't be having this amazing moment where we're watching an administration get embarrassed because they once did their job by interacting with <laughs> members of another government
1: as someone on on Twitter said uh, who I, I don't have their handle in front of me, but you know House of Cards would have spread this out over multiple episodes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you can't write this shit, which is kind of impressive.
1: You can, say.
0: but... Well, but not at this whirlwind pace. I mean, come on. <laughs> like, this... Well, dramatic no one would for, do that. for bad
1: drama. Yeah.
0: Because, yeah, there's no... We never get to enjoy, like, the climax of anything. It's just like, oh, tomorrow there's going to be some more shit. So you can't, you can't rest on your laurels.
1: It's interesting because it, it plays into the Russia thing, but it's actually about committing perjury in front of Congress. And, uh... <laughs> The thing to note here is, of course, that he voluntarily perjured himself. Um, He was being asked if anyone in the campaign had uh, contacts with with Russia by by Senator Al Franken, which (laughs) you can't say Senator Al Franken without cracking up, which I think, you know, is how Al Franken would would like it to be. (laughs) And Jeff Sessions was, you know, I've been called a, I've been, sorry, I don't know why my Jeff Sessions is a Bill Clinton. Um, Oh, I know why. I've been called a surrogate. Uh, it's like my generic, the one southern accent I have. Um, (laughs) I've been called a surrogate, but I've never had contact with the Russians.
0: Yeah, he. Which it doesn't even
1: answer the question, but Uh it's like, and you wouldn't come up with that answer unless you like thought you were being accused. But then also, bad idea to lie. And the, (laughs) some of the stuff going around Twitter and, and the story that come out in the New York Times about, uh, the, the way the Obama team on their exit made sure to like preserve intelligence so that it wouldn't get destroyed by the incoming team about the, this Russia thing. And, and that there were meetings, you know, that must've happened abroad. I forget whose take on, on it was, was on Twitter, but you know, this, this leak was a coordinated by like, you know, the house intelligence committee. There was probably going to be a, a joint, um, a, a bipartisan investigation. And, um, the implication, uh, That someone who knows more about this than me observed is that uh, there's likely signals intelligence that foreign governments have on what happened at these meetings.
0: Yes. Oh, I saw. I think I saw something similar. And I, I love that the Obama administration was like, you know what? We're gonna go out on a petty note, just like we came in on, and we're going to, we're gonna make sure that maybe in like a month or something, or two months. Someone is going to see that actually Loki y'all were kicking it with the Russians, and we're going to pretend like that's important, and it's working, you know. So they that people think that's important, they care about it, um, and apparently it's you know I, I saw I saw I I saw a, a series of uh, tweets from Glenn Greenwald. Um, wherein he was just going in about how we should just stop caring about this entirely. Um, and how the Washington Post has been infiltrated by Russia because they, they put out a like tempered take about it. <laughs> and, uh, and I just think that's basically what's going on out there in the world is that, uh, you know, folks are really blowing it out of proportion. Um, that governments converse and collude um i think that people have really been missing what's been happening globally um for the past whatever 400 years or something since we agreed to that idea of countries um that you know there's there's collusion always going on um uh exactly the nation state um whatever the the uh whatever, whatever it's called who knows um but you know that since that agreement came into being like we have been coordinating um in ways that benefit ourselves um if we if we're in charge of governments or in in power um covertly you know, so and overtly that, exactly so people should just probably uh you know either come to terms with it or or abolish the uh, representative democracy because that's kind of all that's that's going to work out at this point those are your options
1: yeah yeah um You know, if you were mad that uh, about the DNC sabotaging, you know, Bernie, uh, Which you probably
0: weren't? No. (laughs) If you exist, you probably didn't care.
1: (laughs) Some of our listeners. Oh, that's. I mean, of course, the thing there is that that's (laughs) surprising—that like people are outraged about it. Like, of course, no, of course they did that. That's what they do. That's literally their job: was to get the establishment candidate elected. What people should be shocked at is how bad these people are at their jobs.
0: <laughs> well, look, computers are hard and I can attest to that. You know, so I cannot um, I can't blame them for not knowing how to use computers so much that they got hacked.
1: Oh, the hacks. And of course, this is like the whole outrage of the Hillary thing and like, boy, if you thought if you were worried about Hillary Clinton's emails, <laughs> well, I just can't wait about <laughs> Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, it's going to be a rough couple a weeks. <laughs> Yeah, and and I'm not gonna be like, oh man, these people are so. But I I think that the center will drop out a little bit in terms of like the moderate Republicans being like, hey, wait a minute, isn't this the thing we were mad about Hillary doing? But worse, I mean, I don't think the far right is gonna come around to that. But I think that um, it it's so outrageous that you know center the center does people not hold. That, you uh, think in this one yeah I think the yeah. people that Governor Bashar was trying to uh get in his uh milk toast response <laughs> his creepy David Lynch diner response to Trump's speech was like trying to appeal to you know they might come around after this one <laughs> or over the next you know the course of the next couple of months.
0: Yeah, I'm just I'm interested in 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 how that will all kind of balance itself out. Right. Because I think that we have this this moment where it's being revealed that the Trump admin and the uh, team were colluding essentially with the Russian government um, in some form or fashion. Who knows how and who knows if it matters. Um, but that's also simultaneously happening when the liberals in the media, at the very least, are rehabilitating Trump as a president. Um, and in, in a, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind month and change, I guess, month and, and a week, um, for them because they went from, you know, actual tears, speaking of Van Jones, actual tears on the day that he was elected, um, the president elect, to, wow, damn, this man is presidential, <laughs> the instant that he, you know, supports our troops. Um, and, which, and I think this is, which a veterans, you know,
1: veterans actually mad about. Right. Like, if you're a veteran, you're, you see right through it and you're like, man, this guy's trotting out this poor widow as a political, a political prop.
0: Yeah, but who listens to veterans? Come on. Like, this and, it's uh, just a liberal state. It's, they don't care about veterans at all.
1: Yeah. Not even, uh, of course, the fake veterans, no, well, not fake veterans, but the officers who, you know, just orchestrated war crimes who were commentators on Fox News, they just sure. get to be like, yes, this is right. This is good. This is correct. And then you have Van Jones. Yeah, that's no where reason. we get
0: to forget that they gutted the veterans administration budget. Where <laughs> we get to forget that you know, they they don't actually give a shit about veterans. They only give a shit about them when it's a photo op or apparently an opportunity to rehabilitate fascism, um which is it's lit, you know. That's amazing. I still I'm still personally in a bit of a state of shock about it. Um because I just wasn't I I don't, I don't know what I was anticipating or expecting, but it was nothing like people saying that he's presidential. Like I really was, I I, I was surprised that that's kind of what it took for them was that they'd just been waiting for him to like act with a little more decorum and then they can support him. Like it's not that his ideas are terrible and disenfranchising and, you know, unconstitutional and all those kinds of nice things. Um, it's simply that he was, you know, his coat wasn't buttoned and uh, he wasn't speaking in the terms that they like, um, which, which, you know, just kind of gets it gets me a little bit down in, in, in the in the, in mm-hmm. the idea mm-hmm. that that one can ally themselves with liberals um, if if this is really all it takes for them um, to get back on the train of someone who has actively opposed rights and and uh, liberties for people um, simply because they're in a minority position. Uh, So, you know, that's kind of that's the unfortunate reality of this week, Um, you know, on top of the fact that that the opposition to Jeff Sessions and demanding he resign from the Senate Democrats is coming only um, because it turns out he perjured himself and not because he's a fucking KKK sympathizer. Um, And so, so, you know, this this whole situation is is a little bit uh, uh, surreal to me, actually, um, as I'm kind of. Watching it all, uh, it all unfold and probably surreal for a lot of people.
1: It's totally surreal. And the response, even like the call for resignation is weak because, like, meanwhile, they're confirming, they're busy confirming other nominees. <laughs>
0: right. And it's like either resign or actually just take yourself off the case. You know, like it's the fact that they included in the demand for resignation a much lesser demand that he remove himself. Um, it tells me all I need to know, right? It's that they're, they're perfectly fine as long as he recuses himself. Um, from this particular investigation, uh, which I'm sure he will do at, at 4 p.m. or whatever. Um, uh, you know, or who knows? I mean, you know, we can fingers it that he'll resign, but my guess is well, he'll either you know, it's, double it's down or we recuse himself. We don't have himself. to
1: speculate. <laughs> um, yeah, and of course there are, there are even Republicans saying that he should uh, recuse himself.
0: Right, Lindsey Graham I, th- yeah. I saw today, yeah. Uh,
1: the, the Van Jones, like the liberal response – like these are the same people who thought like bernie wasn't presidential because he needed a haircut right <laughs> yeah so but they they all true. they really understand and especially within this media sphere is like the performance of what's n- normal or at least nominal within um our current liberal uh paradigm and and then without of that right and which is the same reason that trump was able to beat them right cuz he he defeated the media in in this election uh the media was way out to get him and uh bernie almost did too but you know liberals are are suckers in a way i i guess that uh you know li- liberals buy into this shit more than than the disaffected right and and of course you know bernie's success nevertheless speaks to the disaffection of the disaffected left or at least the left all, all they're, they're able to, like, comment on is like, oh, well, you know, he, he said a thing that sounds like something a president would say. Wow, that's cool. I guess he's my president after all. Right, I'm Turns impressed. Turns out, you know, yeah. he acknowledged the widow of a soldier he got killed. All right.
0: Right. <laughs> right, right. That seems
1: like something a president would do. I'm in. Sign me up.
0: Um, <laughs> right. I may not like him, but God damn it, yeah. he's my president, right? That's the... Uh,
1: yeah. Also, did did you see Geraldo's comment?
0: Uh, no, but please tell me.
1: Uh, Geraldo said something like, "You know, I'm just a journalist. I wish I could have the honorable death in war like that guy did." <laughs> Geraldo, uh, famed wartime correspondent.
0: <laughs> I love Geraldo so much. Wow,
1: he's a true entertainer.
0: Wow. Yeah he uh he's something else. He's something else. I was I was shocked by his conservatism. Cabinet. I'll be honest. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, that's a little too real. Okay, It's a little. It's, that one's a little too real. It's a little too close to home. He might he might be the next Attorney General if uh, if it shakes out. <laughs> if it shakes out poorly for this guy. Oh man, mm. unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs>
1: he can, he can. I, I hope I kind of hope he doesn't. Um. Be- that he isn't forced out because he'll just be so neutered by this in some way. Like this thing will like either he'll overcome it and be like, ah, yes, I am the AG, or he'll just be like a totally ineffective AG who like has no actual uh, political power because of this in like the DC sense that everything uh, will yeah. be a fight. In the same way that like, you know, Ken Starr got appointed, um, as the, the special prosecutor for this whitewater thing and then just spent, you know, the rest of the decade chasing the Clintons.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the interesting thing about, about sessions is that if that does happen, like I'm just curious as to what exactly it would limit in terms of his investigative powers, because they've already decided not to investigate basically any civil rights, um, uh, cases basically as far as i could tell um and and anything that would sort of be something that you might imagine an ag would look into um so i'm generally just curious as to what the justice department is going to put any energy into um given that they're no longer really going to be looking into like voter uh you know the the civil rights act kind of mm-hmm. violations and and um and anything to do with like you know killings or whatever that might occur um so i'm just curious about like what and i'm sure they're not going to look into any tax fraud or anything you know any of those kinds of things so i'm i mean if he were weak i'm not sure it would make a huge difference except for that he would be bothered by it i suppose um because i don't think he's going to be engaging in a lot of activist ag work
1: uh they i think they are um and their targets are uh marijuana in states where it's been decriminalized (laughs)
0: Yeah, but that's, but that's in support of the administration. It's not it's not an oppositional position. Oh, yeah, no. I guess that that's yeah. what I mean. And, Is that uh, sort of engaging in anything that would sort of be, you know, in defense of the Constitution rather than in defense of the administration.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, he wasn't going to do that anyway.
0: Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter. <laughs> that's why, like, if he becomes weak, I it doesn't matter. To me, at least personally, I think. Um,
1: right, right, right. I don't know. I'm just thinking optimistically, and uh, perhaps ah, it's okay. a naive, naive take that deserves to be shut down with uh, your your righteous uh, correction.
0: <laughs> I mean, unless I've been mistaken, I mean they've been instructed not to do anything that we might want them to do.
1: Oh yeah, no, and I don't think they will. But the question is, will they be less able to do the things that we don't want them to do? Um, uh, <laughs> right. We, right, th- right. That, and that's my only point. A- and if you know. I mean, sometimes you got to float a bad take because other people got that bad take. True. And then it's got to <laughs> be put down, you know. I couldn't um, agree more. Which you know, it's it's uh, yeah, I don't think I actually believe believe that, but that's you know my the death of liberal optimism. Uh, yeah. That I have. Uh, did you see this Hillary Clinton video that came out?
0: I sure did.
1: <laughs> oh, man. This was my one of my favorite thing. It's been a great news week. I think this was in response to the DNC election that they put this out.
0: I think so, too. Yeah. A unity video.
1: Yeah. First of all, how fucking dare you, Hillary?
0: I can't believe it. I mean, I'll, be, I'll be honest. I almost think she was at gunpoint in the video <laughs> because she has not offered to take on uh, in any public forum, um, uh, for what? Since you know, since she was hiking the hills of Chappaqua,
1: right? Yeah, you would have if you wanted a Hillary Clinton take. You had to go uh, bring her coffee in Chappaqua, like on a pilgrimage, and then you know find her in the woods, and then she would be like, "Thank you, my child.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I still take. love you. I, <laughs> I still love you. I forgive you." <laughs>
1: I don't know why it's coffee. I don't know what she drinks. Um,
0: uh, I'm sure she drinks tea.
1: That's it. actually it's a callback to the, the our first episode, or our second episode, when I said something about going to the bring <laughs> bring. Uh, oh, I mean, like I walk like walking in the woods with a cup of coffee. It's just really all.
0: <laughs> that's you, cause you <laughs> right, cause you really want to bring her that coffee.
1: <laughs> well, uh, you know, I like hanging out in the woods, upstate New York. You know, that's kind of
0: yeah. Even if you have to genuflect to Hillary to do it.
1: It's not. It's I'm over Yeah, which is the same thing you said before. Uh, I know. I was. I was recalling what I, like I said before. Yeah,
0: I remember. I remember. Now. Yes.
1: Um. Little, you know, little tidbit for our, our new listeners. Yeah, our fans. Uh, <laughs> or, or, or As a reward, <laughs> the, the to fans, those you know, been with us since, since the beginning. <laughs> Shout out to our fans. Um,
0: but yeah, so so Hillary did her video. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She did
1: her video. God, I. It's not fresh in my mind anymore, but it was definitely the the worst SNL cold open I've ever seen.
0: <laughs> it was just, like, boring. I was amazed. Like, she's just like, well, we she's need to come together. Well, she's a boring person. Perseverance, you know, <laughs> unity, we'll make it through. Um, you know, which of course isn't true, you know, because she, she immediately ran away. So, <laughs> she obviously, perseverance isn't enough.
1: Yeah, well, she can, right? She's an incredibly rich person. She can... Go to the woods and people will will love taking selfies with her. Uh, there was a, a nice piece in the theater section in the New York Times, which, which um, I sort of glanced over about how she's a big, she's Broadway's number one fan and has been going to the theater a lot since uh, since losing the election. So she's like enjoying her retirement.
0: Right. She's having a good time.
1: Yeah. that I mean, I would do that if I had that kind of money and no job. Or at least a job that wasn't demanding enough. You know, yeah, I had the time to go to the theater. <laughs> um, and the theater, of course, historically a place to see and be seen, which is why there are like the boxes along the side, so rich people can sit and be seen. They're not, you know, if you're a fan of the Muppets, just for Stabler and Waldorf to to yell obscenities from.
0: Yes, I'm sure there's plenty of fans of the Muppets listening right now. I know I'm one. Hell yeah,
1: who isn't? The, but the DNC election, whew <laughs> That was a thing that happened,
0: wow. What a rough week for positive ideas. you know that's really like any hope that one had last week died this week for sure, uh you know or in in the last seven days.
1: <laughs> I heard that Perez and Ellison are uh are the same,
0: oh oh yeah, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Where'd you hear that from, Hillary?
1: uh, yeah, it was in that video,
0: yeah. That was that was amazing. And I, I did love the takes um, that came, were immediately afterwards, which said that Barack Obama had saved all of his political capital through his entire presidency just to get Tom Perez elected head of the DNC um, after he was no longer president. So I think that that's I think that that's true. And that that's the last the last beacon of hope is that he had actually predicted all of this and he knew but the only way to save the establishment Democratic Party was for him to wait and not use any political clout until he actually could use it to choose the head of the DNC after the Hillary loses the election. I believe it.
1: For to get for Perez.
0: For Perez, yeah, of course. Because he has to save the um, establishment. Like it's not about anybody new up and coming. It's not about shifting anything. Like he's interested in maintaining what's been what's been working for him at least.
1: You know, I feel like that's really rude and, you know, disrespectful of his own, like, career trajectory as someone who was, you know, a young senator who who basically, you know, ran against the establishment, you know, had his own uh, brutal primary fight with Hillary Clinton. And and then, like, he got elected because of um, who he was as an outsider and he was explicitly positioned, you know, he was against Iraq etc. And I don't know, trying to remember 2008, like, would would Hillary have won that election? Uh,
0: 2008? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, she yeah, wouldn't have. And, and That's then, why she didn't. <laughs> like she didn't win the primary.
1: Right. But I wonder, like, is it, like, he should know better, like, he should, he is someone who represents the idea that the person who's coming in from the outside and is you know maybe younger is the future of the party and then like no no i'm the establishment now fuck those other people coming up who are outsiders i'm here for this
0: yeah i mean isn't that what they say always happens to people you know they they start on the outside and they just get more and more conservative with time and probably like all the murders and stuff that he was you know um privy to uh produced his current conservative turn you know <laughs> he i'm certain that that uh he you know he was always on this path you know once he became president of the united states it's kind of tough not to turn more conservative given that well i feel like you know, he was always centrist. On,
1: on that trajectory um i mean he was you know he was an organizer for like for the purge right
0: yes he was
1: um uh, not exactly a radical organization.
0: I won't listen to any hate because I did that job as well that he did.
1: <laughs> yeah, but then you didn't go on to get, like, a constitutional law degree and run for office.
0: Okay, that's all true. I didn't do those I mean, things. I also didn't I go mean, to you private still school run for in Honolulu. Office. There's a lot of I things I didn't you. do, you know. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of differences between me and Barack Obama, but one thing we have in common <laughs> is that we had the same job at PERG in the past.
1: Yeah, and it's true a lot of people have. But there's a lot of uh a lot of people go in different in different directions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Also I'm kidding, I hated that job, and I don't care if that's on the podcast. <laughs> I'm not like that's that was all just an extended joke. No, fuck them. Sorry, but of course I love my friendships that I blossomed there, but that's it that's that's it. That's all they that's all they did for me.
1: Yeah. So no I'm I'm looking for news uh for Jeff Sessions news and it's not, it's not coming it's, out yet. Uh, um, I know there's he, a live feed. Is he but late? I'm gonna, <laughs> is we're, late? We're waiting. Speaking of other, other live news events. um, Did you watch the Oscars?
0: I sure did. Mm-hmm. And well, I mean, yes and no. I, wa- I watched them at like a three minute delay, but yes, I did watch them. And I, I loved every minute that I, that I witnessed. <laughs> I really did. Uh, did you watch them?
1: I uh, caught some of the highlights afterwards. I was actually driving back home on the interstate. Uh, oh, right. So w- whenever I stopped, you know, you like to use the bathroom or something, I looked at my phone and then it was just filled with um, all these Facebook updates by people who don't know that Facebook isn't a live blogging platform. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's important to that's important to point out.
1: Use Twitter, um, guys. But I, I did check it, or, or maybe I got home at the very moment of the, uh, the best picture, um, award being given, <laughs> which of course it's, sh- we should remember is an award that goes to producers.
0: <laughs> right. That, that not, I think was the to, best. Not uh,
1: to, not to creatives. Yeah. Not to the actual people who did the fucking work, but the money people.
0: The best moment in the Oscars was when, uh, when <laughs> Barry Jenkins gave a short speech and then he was kind of scooted to the side by the producer who then proceeded to say, This is for all the black boys and brown girls out there <laughs> and i basically just like shit i just started laughing um i couldn't listen to the rest because mm. it was just it was too hilarious um uh because everyone on twitter was like oh my gosh what a conspiracy they're taking it from black people and i was like yeah i am uh, not seeing a lot of black producers in this uh best picture portion and certainly not the ones who produce moonlight so you know Good job, guys. You tried. <laughs> you really you tried it. But if if you want to say he that he got robbed, it happened in the best director portion, um, not not in the producer portion, uh, where you know rich people go to accept awards, basically.
1: Right. I mean, most of these people are are rich.
0: Or at the very least, they can move around Already. more money than uh, than, than. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The average yeah, Joe, the,
1: the financiers, yeah, versus. Of course, people who are really successful in Hollywood tend to, you know, they're making so much money. What are they going to do with their money? They have expertise in the business. They, they tend to start producing. Right. You know, like successful, like any any A-list actor is also a, a producer. And then they start producing their own shit. And then, of course, they're doing it and they make even more money.
0: Yeah. Brad Pitt, one of my favorite producers now. He makes all the movies I like now. <laughs> Although, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. He's, he's doing a good job.
1: I love when people are good at their jobs. Um,
0: which is a perfect no just kidding um but yes okay so wait so things that happened at the oscars wait what things um, do we care about that happened? because a lot of things happen but i don't know that we cared about all of them
1: you know i didn't really watch them okay i was on the road and which is the oscars like last year i was at an oscars party which was fun um low-key um i would get together like every week with some folks to watch movies on like monday nights and then uh you know, that particular week we had an Oscars party instead. And that was fun. I, th- I think it was last year. It was last year. Um, Oscars. So white. I think so. Or did had that come up in years before. Uh, Cause Selma, Selma was really good. I remember like I, I watched Selma. I went to see it alone on a like weekday night. And then I, you know, wept to myself in the theater. Um, <laughs> I was very moved, you know, by the, the music at the end. and the Um, Selma, good film, uh, and there was the Oscars to white thing. Uh, and I bring up Selma specifically because I heard David Oyelowo uh, on the radio the other day in an interview for uh, one of his newer films, talking about how uh, he felt very, um, you know, he he was proud that uh, um, he thought it was good that well, you know, that we weren't nominated because it started this discussion that like if. If we, right, you know, right. like had been nominated and gotten the award, well, then then they would have gotten their like diversity token.
0: Sure, sure, and yeah, Oscar so white is twenty fifteen, and then last year uh, twenty sixteen was Oscar so white yet again.
1: <laughs> Ooh, yet again. But, but yeah, but it uh, was too long a hashtag. So yeah,
0: it was too long a hashtag, so they stuck with Oscar so white. But I guess the twenty fifteen Oscars was uh, the, the whitest Oscar since like nineteen ninety eight or something. So that's that's where that hashtag was born. Ooh. But, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) that's, that, that was one of the controversies. The other that I, that I noticed on the Twitter sphere, um, was that Casey Affleck, um, of course, won best actor, um, Casey Affleck, who settled two cases out of court for sexual harassment, um, on, on the set of one of his movies, um, and who there, he's legally bound not to talk about it, um, and he did an interview with the Boston Globe this week saying that, uh, you know, he's, he always tries to live his values and that's all he can do.
1: <laughs> apparently. Ooh.
0: Uh, so, you know. What a
1: cop out th- answer. There
0: that goes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, there, there's that, that, that was his take on it. Um, you know, and, and that's just, that's where we're at, you know. And, and but of course the internet was then like, this is Trump's America. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, Trump just became president like a month ago. Like this this is America, you know, like let's just let's just take that other stuff away. This is the United States of America. This is how this society functions at this point.
1: Um The you cultural know. battlefield.
0: Right. Oh that reminds me of something <laughs>
1: Uh yeah, Oscar's so what uh, Casey Affleck, uh I haven't seen many of his movies, I guess. Oh I guess I have. He's in um he's in the Oceans Eleven trilogy. Um uh, and I think I've seen those. I didn't realize he was such a trash person until uh, these things were going around. I guess because he wasn't, like, that important a thing. And everyone, I guess, thought he ruined his career with I'm Still Here, which is um, with Yaquim Phoenix. Yes. Which is uh, the film that, like, some of these accusations come up on, which which is very weird because uh, his, like, Yaquim Phoenix, was his brother-in-law? Mm-hmm right and supposedly it like it's these harassment claims that you know precipitated his divorce um right so uh you know it's just it's just like the two guys in Westworld you know
0: yeah, it's it, that whole scene is yeah that it's it's really something else. I don't know. Um, but I will say that I I have seen Casey Affleck movies that I have really liked, um, and I didn't like. I had no. I just learned about this on the internet um, because I don't usually like look into actors' personal lives except for like Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, um, and so I was quite bummed to discover oh that this dude is you know like I suppose you know probably fifty percent of all men out there. Um, has sexually harassed and potentially sexually assaulted people that he knows, yeah. women that he knows. Um, uh, so that's, that was, that was a real bummer as, you know, my, the longest movie I've ever seen and also a movie I love, uh, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, where mm. Casey Affleck played Robert Ford, um, you know, is, is no longer gonna be in the faves library. <laughs> God damn it. I, I,
1: yeah, that's <laughs> been something I've been, you know, it's been on my watch list and I haven't seen it yet. And I think one of my favorite movies is uh, I think the first movie that he had a big role in was uh, Jerry, the Gus Van Sant film from 2002, where he gets basically lost in the desert with Matt Damon. Yes. Yep. What a great movie! And of course, this is way early in his career. I, you know, who knows? Like men, like we do all sorts of terrible um, things, and it's really normalized. And uh, people who do bad things need to, you know, own it and grow. Of course, you know when there's uh, when there's some lawsuits involved that complicates things. But right. uh, fuck this guy.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep it simple, um, you know. But yes, continue. Um,
1: yeah, uh, I think we should no platform uh, people who do uh, do crimes against uh, women
0: who have no interest in. Um, actually trying to do anything about it.
1: Yeah, you got yeah, to yeah. you gotta come correct. Oh, the uh, session statement is out.
0: Yes, it is. I'm staring
1: <laughs> at it right now. For immediate release, Thursday, March 2nd, 2017. Um, He's recusing himself.
0: Yeah. It feels a little anticlimactic now. now, will the now. Democrats
1: stop? It is. Although, <laughs> you know, you have uh, people... People saying he needs to resign, and he should. I, I, I think that uh, this is going to stay in the news cycle for. Uh, this isn't going to go away. Okay. At least not immediately, right? Like his recusal isn't going to end with Gillibrand and stuff. Uh, all sorts of people. I just thought, like, AG of New York, Schneiderman is. Uh, being like he needs to resign all these people uh you know anyone who has like actual ambitions on being president themselves on on the left uh uh, or at least even the liberal side is calling on him to uh resign and uh it's gonna be um it's gonna be tough for uh i think the trump administration to fight back in the media um as long as this is still a story
0: Yeah, I think that's, I think that's true. Um, and I think that, that hopefully you're right, that it will, um, it will continue, um, to be a story beyond, you know, the next 36 hours. Um, because I think it is, it definitely is a weak point for them at this, at this, at this moment, um, that, you know, that this is just, this is one more, you know, kind of one more failing after another in terms of his appointments, um, I think is, is is useful at least for um you know folks trying to oppose his agenda
1: yeah yeah and uh you know i think the the recusal like it's not the win of resignation but you know if he resigned well then they just you know he'd find somebody else who's just as bad um and uh less you know maybe notorious and and so yeah, at least for now like we have this thing we can keep keep fighting on so i think tactically it's it's a mistake that trump wasn't like you should resign now right um because if you know he knew what, if he, he really knows what what's good for him um he he i think would um but trump is also the master of like punching back right um that that's the move that he knows it's the move he got from from uh roy Cohn, and he punches back and hard right which of course we saw very clearly in the, the presidential debate uh against hillary clinton when he was like you should be in jail which i think is the one time when he was lying because he was just saying that to punch back um and to take control over the debate uh and it was successful and and people you know i think liberals were like ha 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 uh what a crazy person but it was a masterful uh um move as a, a sort of media boxer
0: right, which she right. is yeah people at home Television hearing that producer definitely felt like hell yeah you know <laughs> absolutely someone needs to say it um which i think has been to his benefit
1: no one could say george w bush should be in jail um
0: I've said that plenty of times.
1: <laughs> well yeah, but not you know, not in a goddamn presidential debate. You know, did Dennis Kucinich even say that?
0: I don't think so. No. No.
1: He was just like, We need a you know, we don't need a Department of War and Defense, we need a Department of Peace.
0: Except for unfortunately, under neoliberalism the Department of Peace would be a war arm.
1: Just like Ooh, peacekeepers yeah. are
0: a war arm <laughs> right now.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's, that's what you get is, you know, and then you have the, like the Van Jones, like, <laughs> Department of Peace, how Orwellian. Um, this guy's a joker. Uh, because it's outside of the, so far outside of the liberal, uh, orthodoxy that that's all, that's all we can get.
0: Yeah. Except like that already exists. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's okay. That's fine.
1: Ah, the United Nations
0: yeah <laughs> this part with the, the new peace world order wreaking havoc <laughs> oh yes yeah we definitely need to get into some conspiracies soon
1: yeah um cultural battlefield um we were talking uh, just before we started recording about uh freddy de boer and this essay he has out i don't know um culture is a weapon um uh, or at least uh gets used as a weapon and it's a very contested field. A- and uh Freddie De Boer's whole thing is about the left sort of a misunderstanding the the battlefield. But I think he's someone who who does it himself and, and is a very sort of it's a common perhaps thing. So um he mm-hmm. basically said that memes are a cancer.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: Um in this essay that came out in, in Current Affairs.
0: Memes are what got us here <laughs> memes, memes are what's wrong with the left um right now
1: yeah and and it fits into you know some of what we've been talking about on the show because he he starts talking about uh um you know how oscars so white controversy uh i'm I'm quoting here the Oscars so white controversy dominates the discussion of race and diversity for weeks um and for weeks afterwards or or how uh you know the, the discussion of uh uh Milo uh Yiannopoulos at uh, UC Berkeley you know was like oh violent street protests blah um of, of course Freddie Dibore is like a free speech essentialist uh and doesn't believe in no platforming and in political violence which is is fascinating because he um I have a grudge uh because he called <laughs> me uh basically a fascist for uh for saying that people shouldn't produce racist um, pieces of theater, which I think is a very reasonable uh, suggestion. I don't, to be fair, he probably didn't read the the essay. Uh, (laughs) But, but Freddie DeBoer is someone who like gets mad online. He doesn't even have a Twitter account because he gets mad online too much. And, uh, you know, he, he, he then, you know, he has this whole essay talking about how (laughs) like, it's bad that people online do memes. Uh, also, yeah. in the same essay, he says that, like, oh, I like satire. I like Chapo Trap House. But to- collectively, memes are malignant.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, malignant, I felt, was such a strong word. It's um, a very um, strong word. Particularly when we're, t- like, the kinds of comparisons that he's making, um, you know, in the essay, as if, like, because we were posting memes or anyone's posting memes, that we somehow are, like, ignoring the trump presidency for what it is and like not acknowledging um you know the the power that's operating there um i think is is pretty silly
1: um, yeah and and um, i think that, the of that argument is, malignant.
0: is that that we have to ignore it because we have to like for some reason instead of posting we should be like out i don't know like uh, uh, attacking them directly or something i'm not sure um uh but it's, I, no it's, it's very because he doesn't suggest
1: it. what he's for
0: Right. Yes, um, that, yeah, just what he's
1: against. But he's also like he says that there's hope in the women's march. Uh in the same, in but he begins the essay saying that um you know these protests at Berkeley are bad. When I, I think to look at them through the same lens, you can see that actually there's like both of these have the same potentiality for for radical organizing work to happen and, and as sites of resistance. And he, he talks about how the left is obsessed with cultural um cultural power because they don't have any real political power, which of course is to mistake the battlefield and, and you know, the, like, cultural work is political work. And, you know, even the question of, like, depoliticized cultural work is this thing that comes out of, like, l- the liberal discourse of the 20th century. And, like, we have uh, a culture that was actively depoliticized by the uh, the House Committee on, on american Affairs. So, it, it's strange to, to then be like, eh, it's malignancy. I, um, yeah. I don't know where I started with this sentence. Um, <laughs> but, you know, memes, my, I say memes are good and, uh, you know, in the 24 hour news cycle or, or maybe, or shit posting and like making jokes and satire is, is a way of actually, uh, one of the few, or, or at least least, uh, malignant sort of ways to use social media not that they're ma- malignant i mean like social media you could perhaps say is a malignancy but mm. but this so much of this comes back to just like you know youth culture boo memes protests on college campuses mm.
0: right right and i think it's i think it's a You know, I, I personally, I mean, maybe I'm just taking it personally because I love posting so much. Um, but I'm pretty sure that, uh, you know, that, that these aren't the things that we need to be focusing on when it comes to the kinds of critiques we want to put forward. Like, if we're, if, if the idea is that we should create this false equivalency between, uh, you know, the sort of liberal Hillary Clinton, like Harry Potter, um, obsession, and like people on the left posting memes, I just, I, I don't agree that they're the same thing. I think that Hillary Clinton is a war hawk and I think it's a mistake to pretend that like people who can erase that and just turn into memes are the same kind of people or doing the same kind of politics rather, um, as folks who are just making a meme out of the fact that we have a neo-fascist government, um, which I think is, is great and that's kind of the only way to do it, um, if you're going to engage online at this point, um, in a way that kind of feels responsible because you can't just normalize it and pretend like it's not happening and just kind of offer your commentary. I think that, that offering, um, a satire of what is sort of a painfully satirical situation, um, is, is a more, is a, is a more moral approach, I think, than, um, just sort of trying to create allies out of who, you know, sort of politically would really be enemies, um, folks who, you know, are advocating for global warfare and, and, uh, you know, disenfranchisement of minority populations in the U.S. Um, I don't think that that's, I don't think that's cute. Um, and I think that is malignant, malignant. Um, but I do, I do not think that, uh, that, that, you know, memes talking about Žižek are what's destroying, um, our, our culture or, <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. Um, that's just, or, but, or
1: in, and know. in some cases they're, they're actually productive, right? Like the, the meanification. Yeah, yeah of Richard Spencer getting punched is like really valuable. Um uh, and and that's <laughs> doing great work to normalize beating up nazis and and fighting back and and his image like we we now all have. Um and, and right. the way these images circulate is uh is good and and there's an essay uh, if if people are interested in this question called um, in defense of, of the poor image by Hito Sterl who's a a German um film and, and media artist who uh, writes write some very interesting things about um, cultural power um, about how like the circulation of these crappy images is um, that that there's some that it's good um, in, in sort of exactly the opposite way that uh, um, de Boer is trying to argue that uh, it's bad um, that memes are bad um, and that that's a very you know surface reading but you know, there, there's, you know, entire bodies of work, uh, and, you know, people's entire careers spent thinking about this question of, of cultural power. And you know, he says this thing about, oh, cultural power, college campuses, the left is obsessed with, with these spaces. And like, well, you know, actually these are communities of progressive people who are standing up and fighting back, right? Like, if you live on a college campus, which Freddie DeBauer has, uh, th- then you understand <laughs> that, um, you know, then, then you should have an understanding that these people are invested in, in this question there because it's their community. Um, it's not an abstract, isolated thing. It's not like the entire left is obsessed with college campuses. Well, no, there's a lot of left people who happen to be on these college campuses and they're the ones concerned. And then, you know, Freddie DeBoer is, like, oh, all this discourse about Milo and Richard Spencer. And of course, you know, it's people like Freddie DeBoer who were spilling, you know, um, He's written a lot about this question of of no platforming and, you know, to what end? To just, like, shit on, you know, write crappy pieces and and, uh, shit on youth organizing? Like, if you want to talk about, like, a malignancy in the left, it's this kind of take that's going to shit on, you know, what young people like.
0: Yeah, I think I think so. Um, And I think that that beyond that, that people focus on and write about like the centers that are most connected and organizing the centers that are most connected to their lives. Um, And so I think that that part of part of the funny, uh, the funniness of, of Freddie's take is that the reason he's so preoccupied with it is because it is something that he is so directly engaged in. Um, and I think that's the yeah. case for a lot of folks on the left is that they are academic, they're in some kind of academic setting. And so that's what they focus in on. Um, and I think that when you if you look at any other left reporting or uh, commentary, that's that person is in a different center. Their focus is different. Um, and so I think it's just kind of silly to say, like, there's too much of this thing going on that I'm doing all the time. I um, was so like, well, yeah, like you could change that. Right. Like you could you could write about something else. Um, but you don't, because you think it's an important place to critique and talk, talk about, you think it's an important social space to try to organize in, or at least like to, to uh, understand the politics of, um, and, and to kind of like shut it down as a way of like critiquing it, um, is a tired thing that is, I think happening a little bit too often, um, at this point in left critique. Um, rather than trying to engage with it in a useful way, like a lot of people did around the women's march, you know there were some interesting things pieces that came right. out around that um but then to say to to sort of throw the baby out with the bathwater when it comes to memes and shit posting is is i think uh is a mistake,
1: yeah, and you know this piece could be there were two things that could improve it a lot and and uh <laughs> you know, if you're listening Freddie um I'm not going to say the name of the piece because I don't think people should actually read it, but it is in current affairs. Um, and it, it could be much improved if it didn't have like the liberal platitudes, like these like pop uh, psych tropes about social media is destroying our youth, um, <laughs> which is a trope that runs all, all throughout this. Um, and it, it smacks of a, a sort of liberal elitism, but also just a... a like it's it's a specific type of elitism and a specific type of, of conservative elitism um i think and it ties to the, the college campus thing and and those tropes appear in some way like there's a lot of truisms that uh like his argument is built on on these tr- things that are just asserted and not argued at all but then also just like inserting himself into this essay which which it totally could be done because he's, you know, he gets mad online and, and there's something very fatalistic about this essay, but he's saying you don't have to succumb to fatalism. You know, tell the truth, like tell the truth about where we actually are and about how bad things have gotten. Uh, and, and that that's a quote straight. Um, tell the truth. That's a quote direct from this thing. But he's mistaking, like he's not telling the truth in focusing on these things. Uh, and, and he's actually disguising the field of I think what work is being done, and uh I don't know I'm just i'm you know i I don't like him, I think he's mean um that a lot of his takes are garbage um and he occasionally says some interesting things um but mostly, I'm mad that like there are people who are like, hmm, this is good.
0: right 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 i understand
1: (laughs) and and, you know freddie like he has a doctorate he knows better like he he knows and that's the other thing that pisses me off is like he knows exactly what he's doing and he knows all the tropes he's using like it's not like he doesn't have this sort of critical apparatus uh and and then he's gonna point it at the left right he's gonna point it at these people doing memes you know and even says like oh well i enjoy Chapo trap house I said that already. Um, like I, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, moves, yeah. But yeah, together, yeah. they're bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think... You know, and, and then, you know, calling people like me out for, you know, whatever, you know, for a thing I'm not doing. Boo.
0: Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> that's my soapbox. That's yeah. my soapbox. <laughs> Yeah, that's soapbox for the week.
1: Culture is a battlefield and it's it's really heavily weaponized. And uh you know, we often talk about the importance of uh not we but like in general like the the left we we often talk about things like questions of representation, the importance of representation of people of color and queer people. But even the the sort of, you know, more insidious you know, like what what stories are told. Uh I don't know where what I'm saying. I'm, I'm talking about Well, lot.
0: you're thinking about I think you're just talking out um uh, basically sort of an idea for maybe a future conversation um, where we can get a little deeper into those kinds of questions of like, uh, you know, sort of representation, cultural production, where, uh, you know, where, what, what's important, basically, <laughs> like what, what's yeah, yeah, useful, yeah, yeah, yeah. what's important, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I... A teaser for a future that we don't I thought know. earlier... Um, yeah that culture is uh culture's a weapon and it's been been actively actively weaponized and activated by the right in a lot of ways um and, and then i think one of the mistakes someone like freddie does is fail to recognize that culture is a weapon and it's been weaponized and just is like you know we shouldn't bother
0: right that doesn't matter and, and it's to point matter. to it
1: as this yeah. other this other thing that people are going and, and there's there's this whole line of thinking um There's this school of art uh, or a a particular type of practice called tactical media. We're not in power, right? So we can never act strategically, but what we can do is act tactically. Um, We can never take power, but we can enter into a sphere of power and mess with it, right? And you see this in in sort of questions of of culture jamming, as an example. Um, You can even read Occupy Wall Street through this lens, or uh, uh, you can even look at um, Improv Everywhere as a type of of change and temporary change, but it isn't actually taking any power, right? If you're in 1989, you know you're not in a position to actually take power. So how do you fight back? And, well, you can do so within the realm of culture. Um, but that doesn't mean you actually have power within the realm of culture either, because we're still talking, you know, NBC, CNN, ABC. These are dominated by by major capitalist conservative institutions where the left doesn't actually have power and and the right has been much more successful at at saying ah the left has power in these things let's shut their thing down so it's actually the opposite of what Freddie is suggesting and his assertion is uh falling back onto an old conservative trope um it's a conservative idea that the left has cultural power. And they they have that idea established in order so that they can gain their own power through attacking it and also like dismantle whatever cultural power the left does have, which isn't much.
0: Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Which yeah, is to yeah. say no, that, that, that Freddie
1: is point. wrong and very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like blurry. Man,
0: yeah, I'm like uh <laughs> this will be i mean well you know he's just he's never going to be a fan i guess that's that this secured um but that's okay we don't need him
1: i don't know you know it'd be not, he can share our show if he wants
0: <laughs> yeah but then we're, right gonna right to um, we're gonna we get trolled we're gonna get you
1: on the show <laughs> we got um, yeah this
0: will be this is this will be our olive branch we're, we'd be happy to have you on and, well, no, at least we, Matt, would. We Matt would. Matt <laughs> would love. Him. I
1: do not want him on the show.
0: Oh, really? What? No. Now you're gonna. <laughs> no, you.
1: No, I'm yes, saying I should. I said we should not have him on the show.
0: I know. I'm saying um, we should. I'm saying that we should because if you say you don't oh, okay. want him on, that means you're like afraid of him. You know how they fight these fuckers are like. You oh, won't face no, not, me in the field don't... of debate, and therefore your argument is not valid. <laughs>
1: I would gladly, like, sit on a panel with this dude, but I don't know if I want him on the show.
0: Yeah. Because he hates shitposting, so how are we going to talk about anything?
1: Yeah. Um, sorry, guys. No shitposting.
0: My life is a meme. Like, what are you going to do?
1: <laughs> like, don't, you know, the thing? things that give us life. Also, like, jokes, long-time survival strategy. Uh, yeah,
0: I would be dead if it weren't for jokes. Definitely.
1: Yeah. And I I feel like half the memes that go around actually very realistically portray the power situation. Right? Like like as you said, like a Zizek meme isn't um saying something about Yeah,
0: actually this is this is reminding me this is reminding me um uh of a meme that I saw this week that I thought was phenomenal, which was in response to um the the recent debate that took place on the internet among shit posters about whether or not, um, it's woke to say that Salafism and Wahhabism are misogynist and bigoted, um, you know, basically, <laughs> uh, ideas. Um, and essentially, like, there, there was a meme that came out, and the meme was just a picture of, it's, it's very, it's, very prevalent now. It's of like, said, so a tiny brain and then a bigger brain with neurons firing and then it, an even bigger brain and then it's, and then it's just like someone yeah, in yeah, yeah. nirvana, like out in space. And it was just the perfect kind of, uh, you know, illustration of how these memes actually contain, like, all this really interesting, good, um, critique about these conversations that are going on online. Um, and even though it's sort of a silly, like, ridiculous thing, it's just this perfect kind of throwing on its head of, of the idea that, like, you know, anything that's correct is always, like, the, any, any correct position is coming from, um, sort of someone who's, who's completely stupid and then all the ridiculous positions are what's actually taking you to nirvana um and and i think that's just the reality of what the state of of uh culture is at this point um is that it's the ridiculous shit that takes you over the edge you know donald trump is president of the united states um nothing makes sense anymore essentially um and so that's always what you know that's always what these kind of uh, memes put forward um, which I think are, you yeah. know, they're funny and they're, it's a way to kind of engage with these ideas that don't even deserve, you know, they don't deserve to get a serious hearing. Like the idea that, you know, we should be backing Wahhabism, um, is ridiculous, you know, and to be as ridiculous as me backing like the Westboro Baptist Church or, you know, conservative Mormons. Like those, <laughs> like those are things that never yeah. support my uh, ability to exist on planet Earth. Um, and I don't know why people would, would, uh, you know, want to back them. And yet, you know, here we are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think like satire is often a very effective way of like quickly talking about power relationships in the world and how, how things might actually be versus how they're, they're normally, uh, the terms they're normally couched in. And, you know, like propaganda is important. So if we have like propaganda memes going around, like that's actually really important cultural work. And it's something the right knows, right? No one in the alt-right is going to be like, you know, maybe we should stop posting memes.
0: <laughs> definitely not
1: and there's this whole weird thing in like the meme war over the between like the alt right and um about this this pigeon i don't think it's a real thing about the the trash pigeon trash dove on facebook
0: oh <laughs> um yeah
1: i don't think it's a real thing i think it's like you know like four channers at war with each other which like i'm i'm glad that four channers are just arguing amongst themselves uh, don't tell them I said that cause they'll come after us.
0: <laughs> yeah, don't, um, <laughs> don't put 4chan in the bio for this episode. <laughs> oof.
1: Hashtag, hashtag, uh, slash B. Uh, I feel like I rambled a lot on, on that question of, uh,
0: <laughs> it was, you know, it was, it was a long one, um. But I think that's okay. I mean, I think that it can be like, it can almost be like its own little thing. Like it can get little music or something on the edges of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, these are just... Okay, we should, we should wrap this up.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs> it's been fun. Thanks for, thanks for sharing another uh, hour of your time in the left world. Ooh, I like that. In the left world.
0: Yeah, let's keep that.
1: On on Left Planet. Welcome to Left Planet. (laughs) I I fucked it up. Yeah, like us. Follow us. Tell your friends.
0: Subscribe on iTunes.
1: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Subscribe. Bye, everybody. Take care.
0: (laughs) Bye.